Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Movie Marathon with uh, Mike and Murph. I forgot our names there for a second. That's not good for this uh, <laughs> this quick to the episode. But uh, we are here to talk about the 1990 classic Captain America. Uh, and this is a poignant film for us uh, just because this is the other half of the equation that we talked about last week, which was the the post-separation of Golan and Globus, uh, Canon <laughs> Films. So last week we talked about uh, Globus. This week we are talking about uh, Glo- uh, Golan. So <laughs> I'm curious to talk about two flops from 1990 by the uh, star-crossed <laughs> Israeli lovers that were Golan Globus. So it feels like it's like 1990, Golan and Globus run into each other at a restaurant. They uh, both have a significant other with them and uh <laughs> so yeah this is captain america my new movie <laughs> and this is delta force 2 my new movie that we kind of made together which actually is and, we which is weird if you think about it because golan directed uh delta force one they do uh, the yeah, sequel yeah. they they dump they they split up and now you got you got globus cheating on golan with somebody <laughs> else for uh the columbia so, connection so this is a i believe a t- 21st century's film films production <laughs> which sounds very official and very important yeah. <laughs> in 1990 so um but yeah this is this is an interesting one it feels like this is something that uh and, and from reading the trivia it was a movie that was building for them for a very long time at canon yeah i mean the history goes back almost 10 years well i think even like pre-canon it was or pre-golden globus or like it was like building and there were scripts and like, yep. like what this took a long time and, <laughs> and they found didn't get the very right far. producer and director to, to get across the finish line. Well, it's I funny. don't know if they should have, but no. And if you re- if you read the the uh, possibilities of what this could have been instead, it, it, they actually sound it sounds pretty epic. Um, so. I was reading in my research. So Ronnie Cox plays the president in this. Hell yeah, he does. And he has a quote <laughs> I found of it. He was like, the original script was one of the best scripts I ever read. I don't know how they screwed it up. <laughs> I was like, well, I do, but <laughs> <laughs> a lack of money and it's a Canon films movie. <laughs> but it also explained, explains why he was in it a little better. <laughs> it does. I um, think, I think, um, he must have clearly seen because this is actually a pretty important time frame in, in Ronnie Cox's uh, career. Uh, yeah, fair. That's true. And it so also, it's, not, it's playing the president, which I always think an actor kind of wants to jump at. Of like, it's just kind of a yeah, I could be the president. <laughs> so is it agent telling Ronnie they want you for the president? <laughs> Ronnie, I got so, good news. Yeah, I could see myself playing that. You're gonna play the president, but. And here's the here's the hook, the president who won the election by the narrowest margin in history. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, well, I'm, I can't remember what his presidential name is. Let me let me look. I'm gonna screw. All right, Ronnie Cox Kimball, plays President Tom Kimball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so he, they make a point of an uh, of of letting you know that he he won the election by the narrowest margin in, in history, and that's somehow <laughs> supposed to make him more interesting or more compelling. If I'm doing I think work the, the idea movie, is it's supposed to be like there's like some drama and that, like that's exactly it, yeah. like, but they don't really ever like kind of give any backstory to to that. If I'm doing work for the movie, I think it's implied, or you could read into it that maybe Red the Red Skulls 
sort of uh, network or, or his organization is why maybe he had a, a narrow margin because they were against him being voted into office. That's doing a yes. lot of work for the for the this movie that's never actually told to you. <laughs> no, but I, it's it's I mean it's there to a degree because they have him like President Kimball is supposed to introducing this like big like environmental legislation bill, and this like syndicate of people involved with Red Skull is like that's going to hurt their business, so they have to stop him. Well, like it's, a, it's there, but it's like it's a like, you're still having to connect the dots pretty hard, which in some ways I appreciate. It's not like heavy handed (laughs) exposition, but it's still exposition. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think a bit of a mess, not heavy handed because, and we're going to talk about it. We talk about now. (laughs) They They didn't have the budget for it. Yeah. Yeah. They really didn't have the budget for it. (laughs) It's a little sad hearing the story of like this, I guess, this was supposed to have a six million budget and ended up having a three million budget. And they thought they were gonna have six million like right up until the last minute and some funding didn't come through. And not shockingly, our, our this is our second Albert Pune movie, so we've learned yeah. a little about him. Uh he had a plan <laughs> that he came in and pitched <laughs> of how they could still do it for three million. And they basically took out, I guess, a bunch of action sequences. And he convinced them that like the story of um, Steve Rogers becoming Captain America was interesting enough to like build a movie on. <laughs> and spoiler, it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It needed a little extra. <laughs> I uh, I think uh, I all I could think about this is sad, and I'm sorry, I'm probably jumping ahead here, but watching this the entire time, I just kept thinking, holy shit, I it's really crazy how much better the chris evans night or 2009 <laughs> one is and like how good of a job they did both giving the story in the background that of to build up steve rogers back uh you know uh, backstory and, and how he becomes a hero and the action like this manages <laughs> to miss on both of those so, things that never really crossed my mind to compare it to the chris evans one it's not fair it's, it's really not so fair so tonight my daughter kelly had a middle school chorus show it was like the big end of the like season spring show in the seventh grade. She's in sixth grade, but you saw like the sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. The seventh grade chorus did um, Here Comes the Sun, the Beatles song. And to me, like comparing this to the Chris Evans Captain America would have been like comparing that to seeing the Beatles do Here Comes the Sun. Like, <laughs> like, it's just not. Like, <laughs> it's so far removed from the two worlds like yeah I mean, I, one, those have to be like i don't like i don't know 100 million dollar budget i don't know oh, I, sure. I just checked like, it's a it's 140 million dollars yeah so like that, if, it's, i know it's many years later but still it's not even remotely like some a fair comparison do, doing the math that means that this is almost five or 50 times less budget than what the chris Evans <laughs> yeah was. so yeah so not like, fair. then it's like all right well I wouldn't say it's 50 times worse. <laughs> Maybe 20. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's a good, good bang for your buck. <laughs> kind of. I, I do think I, 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 I saw something that, and I don't know if this is true. This isn't IMDb bullshit trivia, but it was talking about Albert Pion, the director. Uh, apparently when the Chris Evans one came out, he was going around doing uh, independent tours 
uh, showing the the director's cut of the movie, which is 15 minutes longer, and it's more it's it's doesn't have any more action sequences. Well, yeah, it's apparently. more drama. It's more <laughs> drama, and I'm like, I yeah. I don't think anybody and was really really chomping that's, at the bit for that that's guy. Not what this, this, that's not what this is lacking. <laughs> no, it's like uh, this 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 had. So, gaping holes in the action sequences or space between the action sequences. So one story in my research for the, with Albert Pune that kind of impressed me a little bit because I, it's definitely a person I want to like kind of read some more about because he doesn't seem like an Ed Wood where he's oblivious to what he's doing necessarily because I he they were filming a scene for a day and they were gonna they were gonna run out of film, and he had the camera operators turn off the alarm that tells you if we're running out of film, because he was like, if if we run out of film and stop production, I don't think we're gonna start again. Like that's where we're at. Interesting. Like, we, we have to keep the momentum going, otherwise, like people are gonna abandon this if like the first chance something's going wrong. And I was like, "What?" Well, I was like, "That's a that's a pretty cool move." Um, it's like, and he's just like trying to get this movie made and completed, but I, I think shows an awareness of like what he knows the, where he's what's making. what's happening during this process, like in how what a fine line you're trying to to walk here on there. And I was like, "I don't know." That's kind of, a, and it's also something like, I this is a pretty big cult movie where like it's got some pretty big followers and out there and stuff, but um. If this had turned out to be like good, that's the kind of story that like becomes epic, like Hollywood, like legend story of like he tricked everybody into keeping the production going. Yeah, uh, but and, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't quite that. It wasn't. I uh, I do think you already said it. You know, the budget was cut in half from six to three million. And I think you do feel it all the way through this. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a lot of just like the little things where and it's like so many things where it gets hard to criticize when you kind of start hearing that stuff because like well so the screenshot you have behind you is to my opinion like the worst shot of the movie it's captain america in the blue suit uh i think that's in, he's in, he's in looks like an alcoholic dad <laughs> in the mask but then the costume is all weirdly bunched up and baggy and it's like they just couldn't take the time to like reshoot that <laughs> or like properly position the costume and then shoot it like one more time. It's like, yeah, I get it because like you're not going to finish the movie if you do that every single shot. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was I can't remember what what it was. There's there's was one scene where it was that where it was like uh, it was something at the end of the movie here is like a costume goof or something and i just remember thinking like oh i know what it was it was when he takes off his uh it's at the very end when he, he pulls off the 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 cap and reveals his face to the president kimball um and uh matt salinger who plays captain america in this <laughs> has this weird crazy cowlick going on in the back of his hair and it's like notice it's like sticking out it's noticeable and i just remember thinking like you couldn't spend five extra minutes just to reshoot that so he doesn't look like a complete idiot when he takes right. his like, like Chris Evans is getting like two hours in makeup and war- in hair and wardrobe yeah. to like perf- to have the perfect hair when he removes his 
removes it to like look not like here. the hero and not, not yeah <laughs> not for this guy this guy I, just uh, came in from like cutting the grass in 90 degree heat with a hat on like yeah he, he looks horrible he's got hat hair from the from the captain america mask but um well yeah so i think we beat the shit out of this movie enough uh what was your first experience with this movie <laughs> uh well it wasn't in the theater because this sadly did not get a theatrical release <laughs> sadly <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah but no well, i guess so i guess the 21st century films whatever in this movie we're in bad financial straits so like i think paramount ended up with it and they didn't really care for it and it seems like they did some reshoots with a different director but i couldn't quite pin that down of if that's really something we still see in this version or not but um so it basically got a release straight to cable straight to video oof and in um, a couple of years after in the u.s it got it, it internationally got made, it got right? some yeah two years later from because it was made in '90s, so it was '92, but it got some international theatrical releases. Okay, um, so if you lived in Indonesia in 1991, <laughs> you had to see Captain America in the theaters. I uh, I wish I had lived in 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 uh, Indonesia when I was seven years old. It's a shame I missed out on that, <laughs> or uh, eight years old. So I don't I don't really know when the first time is I heard of this movie because. I feel like for a long time, I've had a general awareness that this existed. And I, I know probably for close to 10 years, maybe probably when the Marvel kind of universe really started taking off off and on, I would try to like look for this movie to watch it. And it, it was pretty tough to find um, for a while. And I, I think, it, I mean, I think it still might it just happens to be on Amazon right now. I don't know what's going to happen. It drops off at Amazon. I know it's random, but yeah, you're right. Or, or I don't know if like Disney kind of the industry was like, yeah, we're just going to bury that for a while. While Disney's not going to be happy if we are promoting this one out there and confusing the market and enough times going by now where no one cares about that anymore. Or, um, but so I, I, I'm not really sure. This is the first time I had seen it. I'm watching it for this. Uh, <laughs> and and I had a, like a loose idea of like it was kind of like a cult movie and that, but for a long time I wanted to see it, and just when it would come across my radar to try to go find it, it was just never something available streaming, even to like rent or anything, and it was kind of past the time, or I don't know. This seems like something I could have put in like my Netflix DVD queue back in the day, but would yeah. get that like delayed status or like limited supply thing and then like it would sit at us like the top of your queue for like months and you just never get it because like they ran out of like the dvds or something or <laughs> i don't know i uh so yeah this yeah. is this was pretty new to me uh i i guess i got the full effect of um what uh, uh menheim golem wanted which is i saw this when i was a kid but i saw it <laughs> obviously on straight to video I must have been like 10 or 11 when this was on video. And I, I remember walking past it. I was super into um, uh, comic books as a kid. And I never was like a big Captain America fan. But this is also a year after Dolph Lundgren does uh, The Punisher. And so I, I think you, there was a bunch of at least a slew of Marvel movies that you could get mm. um, at Blockbuster on 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 VHS. I remember just, you know, during a summer, I think, walking around and seeing it. It was available. They only had like one copy. So <laughs> I rented it. And I remember at the time thinking, like, 
yeah, this isn't bad. Like I, I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed. Yeah. I think in 1992, I would have liked it. Yeah, and I think I even talked this up before we watched. It. I, I hadn't seen it in almost 30 years. I think I remember talking it up, <laughs> and uh, I regret, I regret giving it whatever credit. <laughs> really I gave regret it. that tattoo you got on your back. Of I do. I've got uh, Matt Salinger's fucking weird <laughs> face on my back. Um. But yeah, so I, I watched it, it, it when I was younger and, and enjoyed it just because in 1992, 1993, there really weren't a lot of superhero movies available so that were like were good. You, were you a big comic book kid? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, Captain so, America wasn't like one of my guys, but yeah, okay. I was a comic book kid. Okay. I, I never, knew the story, but... I didn't really get into comics and more, more graphic novel stuff until probably end of high school. And stuff. So like... A little bit with like I like at friends' houses I'd watch the X Men <laughs> that X-Men cartoon. X Men cartoon. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, man. So that that was probably my big and then around ninth, tenth grade, I watched a lot of Justice League at like midnight on Cartoon Network. <laughs> um like the old one? Yeah, the old one. Yeah, so that yeah. was one of my biggest exposures and knowledge of superheroes was from that. And then, like, you know, Scooby-Doo would meet Batman sometimes. <laughs> oh, sometimes. Um. <laughs> yeah, this this was, I don't know why I remember this but so much, but I remember there was, like, a weekend of my grandparents at the beach, and it was raining, and I sat inside, and USA was doing a marathon of, like, superhero movies, and they did all of the, nice like, the TV movies of, what is this? I can't remember the guy's name, but it was the Incredible Hulk TV show, and they had TV Lou movies. Lou uh, yeah, the Lou yeah. Ferrigno uh, series, and they did a bunch of those. They did like a Spider-Man uh, live action movie. Yeah, there's a couple of those from like the yeah. late seventies or something. Yeah, it was like late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. Not good, <laughs> but and then I found and so I, I I was interested in them, and then I found this, and 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 you know, Captain America. Um, ironically, this made me think of it today, but. Uh, if anybody's ever uh, digging a uh, deep, deep hole in the south end of Sea Pines in uh, Hilton Head, <laughs> you find a Punisher and a Captain America action figure. That's probably mine, or those are probably mine. So please give them back. But I lost, I lost them when I was playing with them in a tide pool, and then uh, never saw them again. I keep, I keep hoping when we go back, I will be re- reunited that's, with these toys. And that's really why we've been doing this podcast, so we can put the call out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> chat to, chat to, to eleven people to make sure that somebody can please yeah. respond to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I, I was into comics, but Captain America was never like a big character of mine. Um, but I think I was just excited to see this as a kid because there just weren't a lot of comic book movies at the time, and then um fast forward 20 years and you're like oh, i really wish this shit would stop i'm really tired of seeing comic book movies <laughs> so. it's it's a bizarre timeline we're living in <laughs> we're all getting a little bit too much of what we want sometimes and that's not well, a good thing yeah well it's just crazy that like in 1990 this was what you got from a captain america movie and go like fast forward 30 years and it's Two hundred million dollar budgets in like <laughs> massive cultural events. <laughs> like, well, it's funny because I, this this does make me feel like on some level, the canon guys. And we talked about it with Cyborg, and we talked right. about it with uh, one of the other ones. But they were maybe a little bit ahead of their time. Of like, they're buying comic book rights, and they got although, buying them cheap, and they wanted to make them. The funniest thing might be, and obviously this would probably change history in that, but potentially in hindsight, 
the greatest thing financial decision they could have made is just to keep retaining the rights to Captain America and Spider Man. It's true. Because <laughs> whatever it would have, like, if you just could have kept holding on to those, at some point they would have been worth a billion dollars. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess it up, but around the same time, or at least the same time this came out on on VHS, uh, there was a Fantastic Four movie that was specifically designed for that purpose. And I, I'm trying to, but I'm trying to find them. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I can't find it, but um, maybe this is it. 19 maybe it's 1994. It's not not long after this. Yeah, I think it's got um. Jay Underwood is the only person of note. I think he played <laughs> the boy who could fly, if I recall correctly. <laughs> um, but it was a it was entirely made as a a play to hold on to the rights by whatever the production studio was at the time, because they they own the rights. I think there was like a, a a passive covenant in the contract that said if they didn't every so many years try and produce a movie yeah, or do that, something with it, the I mean, rights reverted back to that's Marvel. That's pretty normal for film rights to, yeah to properties and so that's why we just keep getting spider-man reboots because so sony can hold on to it yeah and like yeah i, I think sony owns owns the yeah Spider-Man franchise, that's, right yep yeah so it's interesting I, I this kind of feels like this could almost be chalked up as like a hey let's just make a something to hold on to the rights kind of like what um the fantastic four what movie was I've, I've never seen the fantastic four movie i've heard it's absolute garbage but <laughs> Um, well, I guess we need to watch that now. <laughs> I kind of want to. I'm looking at these pictures and I'm like mm-hmm. this looks pretty wild. So yeah, we, we maybe we we're, so, we're have to. <laughs> but what? So one of the things I, I actually think they did a pretty good job of in this movie, and I kind of respect it a bit. Um, but also, like, it's why it's fun watching movies where like the budget's low, and they're just trying to do what they can. Is that they have to make choices, and sometimes it's bizarre things um but sometimes it's like it's just like oh that's kind of funny that's why they they had to do that for the budget um so there are two like big fundamental things they changed and that were like immediately obvious like (laughs) this was because of the budget was low so captain america steve rogers in the comics is from new york they uh, oh, changed that to. They changed that to Redondo Beach, California, because you know, a lot cheaper to shoot. It's where he wants to be from, not not where he actually is from. And then, uh, Red Skull is from Germany in the comic. In, in the comic, yeah. In the movie, uh, he's from Italy. Because guess where it's really cheap to shoot movies, and they had been doing that <laughs> hey! all through the eighties. <laughs> yeah, Italy, but also worked out. <laughs> perfectly because it's another axis power so it's it's that was completely plausible for like <laughs> and so i kind of respected that solution to the budget and like just make that little tweak and like it just saves us a shitload of money and it did it did make me second guess my knowledge of captain america i'm like is he italian did i not remember this correctly <laughs> i had to go look it up but it did like lead to a kind of bizarre thing where red skull is working for the nazis the people who kidnapped him, murdered his family in front of did him. Did a yeah, in front of him, did a bizarre experiment on him that left him permanently disfigured. He's he's actually covered in marinara. And sauce. now he's just on like the same team as them. And like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Nazi now. 
I think he I think it's I think it's the idea that he's driven insane by the experiment to the point that that yeah it, ju- it somehow justifies make... it. Yeah, they well should, should we dive into uh so we've we've touched on all right, we touched on the Red Skull. Uh this movie opens with a child being abducted and his entire family machine gunned yeah. to death, which is awful. And it's being recorded, the audio of it's being recorded. <laughs> to be brought back later. <laughs> to be brought back exactly 50 years later. Uh, to, to let us know, or well, I'm sorry, 57 years later, if I yeah. do the math for the movie. <laughs> um, uh, but that's kind of the, the, the impetus for Red Skull. And there's a, um, he's a, a small child prodigy who's very intelligent, uh, and abducted by, by, I'm, I'm assuming it's the, what do you call them? The brown Nazis. shirts. <laughs> yeah well it's 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 the italians right because it's the it's, oh because they're yeah oh interesting oh not yeah i don't know i i, I have to i'll have to watch again and watch closer this is a historically accurate movie <laughs> um but yeah they, they do an exp- they're trying to do experiments on a child and then that forces a a female doctor to jump from a castle where they're doing these experiments and it's hard to tell if she, jam- the, she who she's the mastermind behind these experiments. She it is, seems. and then all of a sudden she seems very surprised when they're actually experimenting on that they've abducted a child and are going to do this, or maybe she just knows what they did. Like I don't know, I'm not sure what the. Uh, the- she, yep, it's Doctor uh, Maria Vasali, and, yeah. and, she, and so she she can't live with the uh, the idea that they're going to torture uh, poor baby Red Skull, whatever his name is. And um, she throws herself <laughs> from a window that is a hundred feet in the air, six feet in the air. Couldn't tell you, but she jumps from what seems like a very high distance and escapes. And of, of course becomes a, um, like all of our good scientists in the 1950s, and 1960s, she becomes, yeah. <laughs> she becomes a, an, 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 an abductee that we use for, uh, for their science experiments. Yeah. Gets to former Nazi scientists, gets to move to America and just, Keep like working. The beauty of Operation Paperclip uh, in full effect here. Yeah, yeah. So I want to give a shout out to uh, Nazis. And, yeah, yes. for sure. And, and that then that was our last episode of the podcast. <laughs> the end. Uh no. So I, I think the Red Skull makeup. So, okay, so when they abduct the boy, they bring him in this lab, and they show this, like, rat they've first done this experiment to. It's transformed into, like, the Red Skull version of the rat. And it's really good effects. It's, like, the thing kind of practical effect of, like, a gross creature thing moving. And then Red Skull, I think, looks pretty good. Um he does. I, I like the the original sort of version of what Red Skull's supposed to be. Yes, when he is actually Red Skull, like, in the back. But, I Talking about the budget, I think that's why they moved to in the future. He's had weird plastic surgery to not be Red Skull. They couldn't do the six hours of Red Skull makeup every day. Every, yeah. And and you 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 think he looks like what modern Sly Stallone looks like. <laughs> Just somebody who had too much plastic surgery, yeah. maybe a little too tan, and has jet black hair. <laughs> so. like, and they're both Italian. They're both Italian. There we go. So it's all it's all coming together. It's all coming together, just like that. Is Sylvester Stallone a Red Skull? I, I'm not saying that. Just you know, 
be able to look out. He is a uh, canon veteran, though, because he had done four years before this. Yes. He did <laughs> over the top. Over the top. Man. Yeah. Which, God, where was I today? I was looking at something and I saw an over the top <laughs> poster. <laughs> Somewhere awesome. <laughs> All right, we'll keep let's keep going. I'm, I'm, I can't remember what it was, but but you're you're right. Whatever it was, it must have been awesome. <laughs> uh, so yeah. all right, so I'm trying, trying to get back on track to where we were. <laughs> abducting abducting children, experimenting on them. <laughs> so the, so then the movie just jumps seven years ahead, and we go to as you mentioned, we go to Redondo Beach, California, which is where <laughs> good old American Steve Rogers is from. There's a party that's being which, thrown for him, and um. I have so many bones to pick. <laughs> I <laughs> want to hear them all. Setup. I want to hear them all. Uh, and, and, and actually, now that I'm thinking about this, was his mom also the mom from uh, A Christmas Story? Oh, it I is. think so. Yes. So we yes. have both parents from A Christmas, from a Christmas Story. story. Yes. <laughs> yes. So in defense of this movie... And Please some don't. of my nitpicks, they wanted to cast two different actors of Steve Rogers and then post transformation into Captain yeah. America. Yeah. Um, that because to have to highlight that change, and Marvel told them no, they couldn't do it. And it's like that is a kind of a common theme in some of my research of Marvel saying, no, you can't do that. Or like, it's just no, you have to use. Like the authentic, because I guess they asked them, can we, in that run of comics, when they were making this, Captain America was wearing a black costume. And they oh, asked, okay. like, can, can we do the black costume like you're using now? And like, no, you got to use the classic, like, red, <laughs> white, and blue one. Uh, and so, so it's like Marvel, Hamstrung. maybe not making the best decisions either on, a, on what could have made this a little better that they were trying to do. So, so I, I, it's not uh this would have all played a whole lot better. I think if they could have had a different actor playing Steve Rogers, but <laughs> Steve Rogers life seems pretty good. I know. Well, he's got that weird lamp, but besides that, yeah. it seems like yeah, everything... he had polio. So he's got like a weird limb now, but he can still run pretty well. <laughs> His leg just seems like a bit uh, stiff. I, uh... and then yeah, like go, 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 go. He runs to me. He runs to me his girlfriend, who seems to love him and want to be with him and marry him. Uh, when mm, I disagree. <laughs> uh, uh, and then when he's going away, like ha- it seems like half the town shows up and is crying that he's leaving. It's like half the town turns it up. It seems for like a... this six four strapping attractive guy is pretty well loved where he lives. He is, and he also is fucking forty years old. If I can, well, as best I can tell, is that they 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 hired a fort, like well, looks like a forty year old man, and they're trying to convince you that he's eighteen and he's being shipped off to war, <laughs> even though he's got a, a disability. And my favorite part was his mom, who's played by, let me get her name wrong. I think it's Melinda Dillon. Um, uh, so Mrs. Rogers, um, she. She's crying because his dad was killed at I think Guadalcanal, and and so I'm like, was his dad like uh, fucking a hundred years old when he got killed? Because Steve's at least <laughs> fifty when you're shooting this, like, and this is in the past. Like we're going way 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 back, so this is not even like what what happens when he's aged. So I don't know, like, should we talk about like 
Matt Salinger at this point is the, is Captain America. Like, <laughs> yeah, is this the right time to, to have yeah. that conversation? So, interesting casting. <laughs> I'm putting it nicely. I think I think the criteria was blue eyes, blonde hair, over six feet tall. And he just... So they, got, they got the over six feet tall part. They nailed it. <laughs> they did. He looks crazy. His I am or his letterbox photo. He looks like a. I don't know, man. He just looks. He looks homeless. <laughs> to say that. <laughs> he was. He was yeah. in a couple of uh, Seagal movies. But it's not. It's just. I'm curious. So in my at researching, like who else they considered for this? Oh, it's it's a crazy list. It doesn't make is sense. like well some some are obviously like oh this is when they were in like looking in like 1982 to make this movie like yeah that so it wasn't now but and then then some are like well yeah they probably could consider him and some are like well that's who they wanted but he wasn't gonna do it for on what this was like they talk about like they talk they like they consider like schwarzenegger i i saw i was like that's horseshit like they didn't consider schwarzenegger (laughs) like yeah schwarzenegger (laughs) didn't even consider this himself like there's no fucking way well and and the val kilmer Val Kilmer was too busy filming the doors to make this movie. Right. With why Oliver he to, like, Stone, who's like one of the hottest directors at the time. Like, like, yeah, it wasn't the choice was not between <laughs> doing the doors and this three million dollar like, <laughs> bullshit. Like, hey, do you guys? Hey, we got the guy who's the number two from Top Gun. Um, you think he wants to be in our movie? Yes, absolutely. He wants to be in our movie. And Maybe that's why like, he did Batman Forever is because he he missed he out missed on this out opportunity. On this. He's like, I gotta <laughs> get my comic book movie. <laughs> but like, so 1990 for Schwarzenegger is Total Recall, Total Recall, <laughs> and <laughs> Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, so it's and 91's two, T2, <laughs> two, three enormous career highlights that any actor would be proud to have in their career, and that's two years so out of still like, uh, those are the roles career. he's taking. Yeah, like, yeah. Where he has com- almost no shot in him. creative control, not complete creative control, but he's got a lot of control over those movies. Like, there's no way. Yeah, yeah. It's just, and then so they, there's also like, all right, like, they like Dolph Lundgren. It was like, okay, I believe that. <laughs> like, because he that. he just did three years before this was filmed. He did, or two years before he filmed, he did Masters of the Universe for canon movies, like or right. canon films. Like he, yeah, it's like yes, that's their wheelhouse. That's the guy you were probably considering. Like yeah, again, tall, blonde, American, very American. Um, I I I will say the the one piece of trivia to your point. You said it. You know, in eighty two, when they were probably first really trying to get this off the ground, and obviously. Did, Canon, Canon just couldn't get it done. They talked about having Jeff Bridges and as uh, Captain America, and then Peter Fonda, yeah, Peter as, Fonda yeah. as Red Red Skull. I'm like, I would be pretty interested in seeing that. Like, that sounds pretty cool. You know, that's that's getting Bridges an interesting time, and I think like Fonda would probably be a pretty fun villain. Well, it's fun Peter Fonda casting because in um, Easy Rider, his character is Captain America. And rides that oh, motorcycle right. with that, and so that's just like you're a right. fun little in joke on, on on that. Yeah, so that that would be kind of cool. Um, but Bridges was still in pretty good shape here, and he you're gonna have that that you still you yeah, still pretty young. It's the year he does Tron, right? Right. So this is around Tron time, not too far from what Starman. Um, uh, pretty close. Yeah, I think the Starman's that, a year or two after that. So yeah, um, I would have been 100 percent down for that. And I think if they had the budget for it, like if they took the budget they put into Life Force. 
into that and did that be I'm like they probably would have killed it like they would have been they would have made a probably a pretty incredible movie but uh yeah. we this, this is what we got <laughs> <laughs> so but so like matt salinger it's like well it's it's insane like given that they cast him it dalph lundgren almost sounds insane because <laughs> eh, like, matt salinger had done like Nothing like yeah. I mean, he was in like Revenge of the Nerds in like 1984, and like oh, was he? I didn't even of, see that. Yeah, like a handful of other things oh, yeah. leading up to this, but like, but like, like two years before this, he's young Andrew Jackson on the Magical World of Disney TV series. Like, like, I, like Dolph Lundgren's was in Rocky Four. Like, <laughs> it's like two very different like careers already, and like. Uh, I think if you had to point to the budget issues, you could probably to, your, to what you're saying, you could probably point right back to. Now, so, but so I was curious. I wanted to give him. some benefit of the doubt on it with the budget. It's like, well, maybe if you cast Schwarzenegger, then you get ten million dollars more. Yeah, on the budget or whatever. Like, because we have a huge star, so you get investors in it. Um, so I was like, as I, it might have like it's a different different movie uh, or different, a different yeah, opportunity maybe to make different it. equation if you do cast someone like that where like the money could have been there then to the, the interesting casting i saw was at one point in the canon run this is maybe like 86 ish i think um they had a script that was supposedly pretty good but you know i don't know it's hard to <laughs> oh, according to ronnie cox put faith in best you yeah. ever read but uh uh, Michael Dudikoff as Captain America. Yes, and but they were going to have James uh, as Falcon. Yes, yes, yeah, that that, that, that I'm cool. into. That I'm I, way into. You've got Falcon carrying the entire movie, which is probably probably well, cause not watching good. this before seeing that. I was like, I'm surprised they just didn't have Michael Dudikoff. Because I never thought about that until I read it today. But that's I was like, yeah. that's not a crazy idea. Yeah. Interesting. I would probably watch that too. It's weird. Of all the other of the speculative movies that I read about that they could have done with this, I probably would have watched all those and enjoyed them more than what they actually made. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Which I feel bad shitting on. We and speaking of cast, we should talk about the cast. Is that the two underused high points in this are Ronnie Cox and um, Ned, uh, Beatty. Ned Beatty. Yeah, and it's weird. Well, it's I, I gotta even put this together. It's two of the leads from Deliverance. Yeah, I know. And I didn't even think <laughs> Re- about that until just now. Reuniting. And it's uh um I, I would again I would say it's it's Ronnie Cox at his peak because he did I think a year or two before that or this, he does Beverly Hills Cop 2. Um he's in total recall this year as uh Cohagen. Um, he's, yeah, I, he's it's not too far off of RoboCop when he plays Dick Jones, head of OCP. That's and always so, my go-to for him. Is yeah, Dick Jones. Like that's Dick just Jones iconic to me. me. Like Dick yeah. Jones runs the police. <laughs> uh, it's two years before he's Captain Jellico in Star Trek: The Next Generation. Very yeah, important. We always got to bring it back to Import, Star Trek. Important role. <laughs> All right, so we need to. Which sports. is actually, uh, it's oh. a it's a two part episode. Um, <laughs> Is it a pretty big one in the in the Star Trek: The Next Generation uh, series? That uh, please watch. Pretty, please pretty good. Uh, you know, it's a two parter, so that's always it's a two-parter. big deal. 
he's Riker's lover, and that's how. Um, it's no, yeah. And no, he gets to uh, he takes over as captain of the Enterprise. What's and Picard think, doing? Uh, he's going off on a secret black ops mission. But you think in the first part <laughs> that like captain like, he's been stripped of his command or something like so. But yeah, it's like so secret black ops mission for Picard with uh, Ronnie Cox coming in, and he, he's he's really changing things up. He's going to like. Four shifts instead of three shifts or something. Like Double ply toilet added, paper. He's adding a delta shift. And it, it, Riker, it's Riker is struggling with it. Yeah, so it's it's <laughs> it's a memorable memorable turn from Brian Cox there. I feel like your enthusiasm for that is more palpable than whatever that show could actually exude itself for, for energy and oh, excitement about the actual episode. Disagree. <laughs> okay, I'll have, to, I'll have to check out this two-parter. No, I, I think it's really because I love Star Trek: The Next Generation, and so when they'll have a random guest star show up sometimes, who's like a Ronnie Cox, and like, oh my god, Ronnie Cox, and it's like two things I love. <laughs> like, it together. is weird. It is weird to think. Hey, <laughs> um, it is weird to think about him being in all of these blockbuster movies, and then he just goes and does like a two-part TV. TV series, like it's just weird. It's just weird. Like he's just a working actor in some ways. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, but that's kind of what his career, I think, was doing these movies. But then just like banging out, and I think because he was never really a lead, where yeah. you're like you're working for like I don't know, like three months straight. So, yeah, like you, like yeah, I'm free this week. I can come shoot that TV show. Like it's. Yeah, I'm trying. I mean, like, if I look at Letterboxd, he was in 84 different roles. Holy crap. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he's been in some, God, he's been in some big stuff. I mean, we talk about Deliverance. He was in the car, which we have to cover on this show at some point. Um, <laughs> I don't remember his role at all, but he's in Total Recall. He's in Robocop, Beverly Hills Cop. Um, he was in, um, of course, an episode of Star Trek, Star Trek Generation, <laughs> uh, or the Next Generation, excuse me. And yeah, then he did a real stuff. run of like TV. Yeah, there's a picture of that oh, guy he who reprises in, his role in in the car, right? 2019, the car Road to Revenge. Apparently, <laughs> we we have to watch that at some point. Um, oh, that's right. He's in Vision Quest. I don't. I, what is that? You haven't seen Vision Quest? No. I think mm, I've heard about it. That's, that that's 80s familiar. classic. He was in Taps? Man, he was in just some big stuff. Um, so Vision Quest is Matthew Modine, like, coming of age, high school wrestler movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Vision Quest. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm, uh, I'll check that out. Um, well, so the other, the other guy we have in here is uh, uh, Ned Beatty. Who um he plays uh Tim or President uh Tom Kimball's best friend, uh, <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, he becomes a reporter. God, we we are we are an hour into this, and we've barely scratched the surface of this movie. <laughs> but he, long story short, I'll just I'll just fast forward. Long story short, uh, he plays the best friend of the president. Uh, they both have. Apparently in 1993, nothing better to do than to investigate the the, the reprise or the the reemergence of Captain America, uh, and um, Tom, President President Tom Kimball could be could not be more excited about 
Captain America oh. being alive again. And why is that? <laughs> why is that? Because when he was a kid, he snuck out of his parents' house to go take a photo of the White House. And uh, after um, Captain America manages to break into and infiltrate the Nazi a Nazi base, he gets his ass kicked, gets tied to a rocket, and then um, uh, Red Skull cuts off his own hand after Captain America tries to grab him and pull him into space with him. It's a um, pretty badass like a, scene. A v, yeah, V two rocket. It, it it's not bad. It's just insane. It, it kind of comes out of nowhere for this movie, but yeah. It is. It is funny though that, and you, you, you and I talked about it a bunch. If any of the action sequences, none of none of Captain America's superpowers really seem to ever exist. And <laughs> in the first half of the movie, it's just him getting his ass kicked. Frankly, yeah, I know. So, in my notes, I said, like, "So what are his powers?" Because <laughs> it seems to just be good attitude, because everything else doesn't seem to hold up. In this. Well. He actually seems more like Wolverine because yeah, he gets shot in the chest twice and is like ready to go in like forty eight hours, and then gets frozen in a block of ice and, and once it thaws it, out is like fifty years good to go and like yeah, I uh I I would be remiss without talking about the uh the Italian scientist Dr. Fasali we talked about earlier, uh, uh she of course gets picked up by the Americans as a as a scientist or for a scientist for the U S and uh, or the Allies excuse me. And uh, they they pick a guy with a bad limp to be in their experiment because uh, they want to prove that it can cure physical ailments. Uh, that ends up being our boy, Steve Rogers. And of course, where do you hide your very, very top secret, <laughs> important <laughs> lab? Oh, I've seen 80s movies. <laughs> you, you Well, according to you, they hit it below the peach pit from 90210. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It had the same color scheme. It was that teal and like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so Dylan's working there. As they well, I kind of, I kind of wanted. So wait, wait, no, but the lab is. I love. They need to be a guy outside telling them. What what is what is it in spies like us? Like, why don't you go have a Pepsi? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, it is the very concept of eighties yeah. cliche. Like War Games al- does it at the beginning, and the, yeah. It could almost be the diner that uh, Marty goes to uh, when he goes back in time and in back yeah. in the future. <laughs> yeah, it's like the same thing. Um, a, see, a, a secret military lab underneath. <laughs> it's of course where where else would you put it? But I did enjoy that, and then I did enjoy that um, there's this very dangerous looks like uh, experiment going on, and Doctor Fasali literally stands in the middle of it the entire time. The experiment's going on. <laughs> There's lightning going off. There's explosions. There's all this shit going on around her. And she's just staring Steve Rogers in the face while she's torturing him and just watching. (laughs) And then at the end, it's like, oh, it's success. He looks exactly the same, except now he doesn't have a limp. That's the only discernible (laughs) difference between Steve Rogers before and after in the the experiment. (laughs) No limp. And I, I... I was gonna say now he can survive gunshots, but I guess we don't know that for sure. Maybe he maybe could have survived gunshots prior to this. I don't. I don't it's, know. <laughs> it is iffy because he takes a round right in the stomach, and then he just goes to the hospital. Which I thought he could. I thought. I, I guess I don't really truly understand the mythology of, of of Captain America. And I was thinking about too the Chris Evans movies. When I think about it, I don't really know if I know what his powers are from those either. Other than he's like strong. He's super. It's super strength. 
and super endurance, I guess. But you're right. Like, they never show him and actually they getting s- shot. They say when they're doing the Red Skull experiment, it's also going to increase his intelligence. But that sort of seems to apply to Red Skull in that he's become this evil business genius. Does not seem to apply to Steve Rogers. Uh <laughs> But what we see, although his powers of persuasion seem pretty good, as 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 we will, as I'm sure we'll get into, um, but so uh, so Morph got up and left, and I I'm don't back. want him to miss this point. <laughs> so I, I'm I gonna have I, to. In the words of Aerosmith, I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> uh, so in the Red Skull experiment, they say it increases intelligence tenfold. I disagree. <laughs> well, Red Skull, maybe. Not Steve Rogers. <laughs> no, no. Unless Steve. he was the dumbest fucker on the planet to start with. I'm not sure that that's not shown to us at some point. <laughs> he does try and stay with... He does believe that Bernie's going to stay with him forever. <laughs> yes. Which tells me he's an idiot. <laughs> Sorry. Which we haven't even talked about his girlfriend Bernie, who yeah is uh, uh so yeah beautiful. you you didn't you didn't buy into uh she was committed to him. I give her cre- I give her credit uh for the offer, uh but I uh uh what I know about the Steve Rogers story and how long this is going to take, there's no way in hell that uh again this yeah. is where the new one just does it better. Instead of having him have a girlfriend, they have uh, Agent Carter who is an agent sort of a, who's capable enough to be a peer of his and, and somebody who they both sort of have this touching moment where they, they agree to kind of almost wait for each other for a dance. And that never comes because of what happens with, you know, him being crashing into the Arctic. But in this, it's just like, I'll wait for you. And then it's like, uh, well, and then the, the big plot point is she does not. <laughs> Well, and then, but then it makes it really creepy when it's her daughter. It's like, well, oh, so a, my dad's like my mom's ex boyfriend. Yeah, sure. That's I'm gonna, that's I'm my, gonna give that. That's one of my favorite. Uh, take a shot at it. Uh, Not phased at all by this. No, it's like, well, you. The only difference is you're blonde. As long as the uh, the carpet matches the drapes, Steve Rogers is down to play. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I uh I, I laughed because it, the more I thought about it now, I was like, that probably is just a giant budget constraint of like, what if we just pay this extra or this actress forty percent more, and but she plays two roles and the, the critical roles in the entire movie. Like, it seems like in like nineteen eighty five canon, maybe that would have been like, wait a minute, we found a hack. Like, you pay the actor the same forty percent more two roles, you get two roles out of it. It's like, perfect. <laughs> That you was see? the next like ineffic- market inefficiency they were gonna exploit. <laughs> but yeah, God, we're all over the place. Um, we we but <laughs> yeah, as we should be for this movie. As we should be because this movie is all over the place. Um, but uh, yeah. So Steve Rogers becomes Captain America. They dump him right into combat, which <laughs> with what seems like no training. And I really love this. So, After go go ahead go ahead. No go. no no no. You finish. No, no. Well, they 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 set up. Uh, after the experiment that it's a success, everybody's shaking hands, uh, very happy that the experiments worked. And then of course a Nazi <laughs> double agent sneaks in yes. and shoots 
Dr. Vasselli straight in the chest. And the big reveal <laughs> is she didn't take any notes. Nobody <laughs> documented anything, anything about how this process for this serum or this experiment Which, works. They still have all those machines and shit. Like, all the machines. No one could reverse engineer this? Nobody like, can reverse engineer it. Nobody's awesome. tried to reverse engineer it in 50 years, which I call bullshit on. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh well. <laughs> and then as as Captain America is being dropped into combat, we get a whole bunch of exposition that his entire not only is Dr. Vasali an expert in in like the human <laughs> yeah, genome, yeah, yeah. she is also this is really a, <laughs> a very established scientist in making the costume, which is is ultra protective and making this um unobtainium shield. shield <laughs> yeah. That nobody else can replicate either. So she can yeah. cover. <laughs> she's um, also a fabrics expert, a metal expert. She's a metallurgist. She's a fabrics expert. She's a she can map the human genome. And uh, uh, that's what I was going to ask you. What what is she a doctor of? Everything. That's yeah. what she's a doctor. Everything. And she can speak at least at least two languages. We know she can speak Italian. And she can definitely speak English. So she's a, she is like a, a quintuple threat in this movie. <laughs> That that's one of my favorite things. And I don't know what the backstory is in the comics. It's not that on this. <laughs> yeah. That. So like but <laughs> uh, but also completely insane. Fifty years later, uh the lab is still just there with all her with her <laughs> journal in it that apparently does have some information that might have been useful. <laughs> I, I yeah that's that's fair point is they're like well she didn't keep any records and it's like okay i guess a, i guess after she was shot everybody's just like well fuck it we're done here let's just literally let's just roll out we're not doing <laughs> yeah. we're not going to do any reconnaissance everyone left and never looked back just put up a woman's and, bathroom over the entrance and yep. we're done <laughs> and they built a legitimate business on top of it they converted yep. whatever the peach pit was they converted it so, to a, a real business <laughs> My my dream for that is that became like a generational business that cafe where it was like a great, like a person owned it, passed it down to their kid, passed it down to another kid, and like they now own it and like this is like family lore of like yeah there was like a weird military thing here one time. Like, yeah, do you know do you know why we're zoned for a four story building even though we're only <laughs> one story? <laughs> What the fuck? And like, I just want to see that, like, the after work that day, like when <laughs> Rogers goes to the diner in, in nineteen ninety three. I think it's when this movie is supposed to take place. Um, and I want to see that like woman go back home and be who like who like runs it and let's say, yeah, you know what, Grandpa wasn't full of shit. There really <laughs> is a military base underneath us. Turns out it wasn't the booze. We just yeah. didn't know how to break break all. <laughs> It turns out we have not uh, refurbed the women's bathroom in 50 years. <laughs> so, so we had no idea that there was a hidden compartment. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I, um, God damn it, I love this movie for how fucking stupid it is. So, you know what? I watched it again this morning in the background. I almost, I almost did too, because I, I really was like, I missed a lot. It's coming around on me. I was like, yeah, I get it. It's pretty like it's pretty fun and how outlandish the choices are. Like I'm they're getting working the cult with what they deal. got. Yeah, they're yeah. working with what they got. Yeah, like uh, I, it's not gonna be the last time I watch it. I can. You should definitely watch it with the kids and just pretend like this is the actual Chris Evans Captain America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be pretty good. Um. Well. All right. So 
whatever a bunch of bullshit happens whatever captain america gets trapped to a rocket the president as a kid sees him his best friend doesn't believe him he has a picture he takes of captain america on the rocket before <laughs> captain america kicks it sends it to antarctica saves washington dc <sighs> fast forward 50 years oh my god this movie i know <laughs> we gotta get ahead because the stuff i want to talk about is some of my other favorite points in this is I, yeah. <laughs> uh uh explorers in the in the antarctic uh in antarctica or the the north Pole, alaska excuse me alaska fuck yeah. me all right alaska uh they find this soviet rocket that's buried in the ice they find captain america they cut him out of the as a block of ice it he thaws out breaks loose nobody everybody's excited to see him just a, a grown man break out of a block of ice and then just disappear. Nobody tries to chase, chase him, follow him, ask him questions. What's going on? <laughs> and uh, simultaneously. Yes. They act like he leaves that tent. Yeah. They're like, well, it's like it. poof, magic. You're gone yeah, forever. Like, he's just gone. Like, yeah. So our, our boy, Sam, played by Ned Beatty, uh, is up there to do investigation of, of whatever happened. And um, uh Lo and behold, somewhere in the middle of Alaska, Captain America is just running through the forest. <laughs> and uh, I guess uh, Red Skull gets news of this from, from the newspaper. And his <laughs> private, he, he sends his daughters to go kill Captain America, who he keeps calling his brother. And he sends his daughters <laughs> on a jet that sounds like the goddamn Thunderbirds jet flying across it's like from italy to america it's just like this hey. cartoonish whoosh, across the you know the world you know what i saw yesterday please tell me the thunderboard jets the thunderboards yeah i know but no, they're, <laughs> no air show here in augusta was it the bo shears national or uh annual flying uh no no i don't know I don't Where know. was I, it? I, which which airport was it? The uh, Augusta Daniel Field. Airport. No, not, not oh, Daniel the one, Field, the one in uh, South uh, Augusta. Yep. Okay. Um, um, yeah. yeah so, no, the, the Thunderbirds were there. Did they make? Whoosh, they they sure did. It was loud as fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Red Skull's daughter may have been one of the pilots. So, um, ooh, ooh, good call. Sexy Thunderbirds. So yeah, that was my that was my Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Father's Day type gift. Uh so did so, you take your mom or did you take Sherry? Uh so Sherry wanted to take her mom because her mom, her dad was in the Air Force and she grew up on Air Force bases. Oh, okay. And has like a big nostalgia for That's a good reason. this kind of stuff. So like was really excited to go. Like so yeah, so really enjoyed it. So that was kind of like Sherry's gift to her mom of this no, pretty cool. See all stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that was that's pretty cool. Um yeah, yeah. So was, you know. Um yeah, I mean this stuff's cool and impressive. I I hit a point where I'm like, all right, I've seen planes do loop de loops, you know, fifty <laughs> times today. <laughs> like uh, it's still yeah. very impressive. Yeah, fair. Just you know. <laughs> now Jacksonville gets the Blue Angels probably yeah, about every year. And so I uh, saw them when I was like seven years old. I don't know. So I... it's cool. It's just like when you, it's like to your point when it's like a 30 minute show, you're like, okay, this is pretty great. Yeah. But uh, I also hit up. a point where the like, people are doing stuff. They, so they had like also had the like Red Bull, like acrobat plane and helicopter stuff. And like yeah. people doing this. And I'm like, 
at some point I'm like, man, like, yeah, I'm good. You don't like, you don't need to keep pushing the envelope to entertain me. Like, it seems like someone's going to die doing this and I, I don't need that. Like, I'm fine. Like, just just <laughs> scale it back 10% and be a little safer. I did not yeah. want to watch anyone die today. I, um, when I was a kid, I, I, uh, well, before that, before I met you, um, the house I grew up in was all, was right behind Daniel Field, and they always had the Boshears annual fly-in in Augusta. Oh yeah, my fan. And so it was, loud as hell. it was loud as shit, but it was cool because literally I would, I could, I could, yeah, from my backyard I could watch, could watch it. Fly That's overs. really cool. And yeah. um, uh, so the only two times of year it sucked to live there was when the Boshears fly-in happened, and then Masters Week because it's just private jets, all the private jets dumping yeah. into the city. <laughs> And uh, but yeah, I remember one year they set the airfield on fire by accident because they're doing like <laughs> that thanks, and they're like, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> like good time. And there's a golf course attached to it, and I think it, I think it scorched one of the golf courses, like on the back end of the of, of Daniel Field or something like that. But uh, but yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, so Steve Rogers, uh, is is being followed now by uh, the daughter of Red Skull, which I think we both agree is super weird that a guy who looks like, again, his, his face looks like the goddamn aggro crag from Guts. <laughs> and, and I'm sorry, daughter. that experiment did something to you genetically. Yeah. Or like, or like you like are, you're not fertile any longer. Like, it's going to be, I don't know. You're not having like a normal looking kid. You're not going to have a beautiful Italian daughter, you mean? <laughs> like, yeah. like, yes, cards. exactly. <laughs> Maybe not. But if you're Red Skull, you do. Uh, oh, yeah. Which is weird because they show him as being a maniac in in the 40s. Fast forward to the 1990s. He's this very like cultured, very calm, very collected uh, uh, sort of mob boss or, or crime boss. <laughs> it's just like none of like the, the before and after makes any sense for his character. But uh, yeah, there's a lot that went on in those, <laughs> in those years. <laughs> but what we have to talk about is it just so happens to work out. Sam is driving through. Uh, the middle of Alaska, which Alaska is a giant state, and no, no, happens. he's he's intentionally there. He got the, he saw the news story as well. Well, but I, I guess physically oh, I where saying, he though, is, that he is like in Alaska. Be... It's like, yeah. what are the odds that it worked out across that, all of Alaska? Yeah, yeah, that like Captain America's sprinting his ass off and and <laughs> uh, just so happens to run into Captain America, who's being chased by. Red Skull's daughters on motorcycles who are shooting at him. Uh, another, again, another action sequence where Captain America doesn't do anything of any kind of interest or showing superpower. He just gets shot yeah. and runs away. <laughs> and uh, after talking, it's it's funny because after talking to Sam, Captain America finally realizes what decade he's in, and he he becomes very concerned, uh, and, he, and he asks Sam to pull over because yes. he feels like he's going to be sick. <laughs> And this is one of two times we see where Captain America. Uh, I kind of, I kind of wanted to not say that it happens again, <laughs> and then twice. just bring it up like twenty minutes from now. That yeah, they do it again. Pays <laughs> off. It's insane. The first time they do it. <laughs> I know the first time he does it, he fakes an illness, and then fa- it, fat, it fat Ned baby acting, gets out. Just gets funnier and funnier when you watch it again, because <laughs> <laughs> knowing this is. It's just like, so this is Matt Salinger acting as Captain America, who's trying to act sick in a car. <laughs> it's like, 
just to also then fake somebody else out, uh, act fake somebody it's, else out. It's such a hilarious move. It's such a low budget movie move of because he runs like fifty feet like outside the car because obviously he's got to like put some distance between them, <laughs> and and he's really like his hands on his knees and like, like Ned Beatty comes to check on him. And he just immediately like sprints, <laughs> like, sprints to his car, like a thirteen-year-old, like "get you, fucker." <laughs> I yeah, uh, I that's my favorite part. That that is my favorite part is because he drives on and a native Ned Beatty's back there yelling like, "You can't leave me out here! <laughs> I'm gonna die!" I'm, I'm, uh, no, that that is my favorite part is is, um, <laughs> Captain America just just fucking people over and stealing cars like <laughs> yeah. like it's. <laughs> Does it it's twice? Like a, it's it's a, it's a MacGruber move. <laughs> At best, it's a MacGruber move. But yeah, I I I I truly and it's like one of my favorite parts because you're like, oh, yeah, that's weird. What's he doing? It's like, oh, he's stealing that guy's car. Like, <laughs> it's like our leaving... hero's fucking over this like yeah sixty Ned... year old guy and leaving him abandoned in the wilderness. Ned <laughs> Beatty just ditched a um. Or got ditched in the in the wilderness and like like with like no repercussions <laughs> like it's just yeah. weird it's just just strange choice <laughs> and then they do it again in Italy <laughs> they do it in, and then they do it in a comically small car in Italy it's in a in a in a old school 1960s Fiat 500 where um he fake throws up in front of uh uh Bernie's daughter Sharon Sher- uh, and um yeah. I I, don't, I can't. There's just too much. There's just too much. Which is that? So we've already talked about the bathroom underneath it. When he goes into the woman's bathroom in the diner in '93, Sharon comes in. And is like, you can't go in here. What are you doing? She's from the, one of my favorite lines of the movie. He's like, Sharon, relax. And it's like, no, she's reacting appropriately to what is happening. She is, and she's the it's only like person the most, in this like, movie it's like, responding appropriately. It's like the canon hatred of woman, like moment of like hysterical woman. You are being unreasonable. Like it's like no, 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 no. This is how you should react to what the situation. She's been way too chill up to this point. I think um, that's one thing that. So uh, after after um, Captain America steals the steals the the car. Um, <laughs> He 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 go he well, he he takes well, a he, what he drives oh, as far as he can, <laughs> and it abandons it when it runs out of gas, and then breaks into a truck that fortunately takes him apparently right to Los Angeles. <laughs> hey, that Molson's is not going to get itself across the Canadian border. Oh, I did see that. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that there's a, there's a, a cut scene where he's just dr- chugging Molson's. He's <laughs> like crossing the border. And he's like, fuck it, this is my life now. This is it. I'm going to live in this fucking truck and I'm going to drink all this Canadian shitty beer. More like Captain Canada. <laughs> Which I think there is a, a Marvel Captain Canuck or something like that. So it, sounds it, racist. It, it could. Well, is it racist if it's Canadian? I don't know. <laughs> it's just probably two white guys. No, so I'm just joking. Like... But yeah. <laughs> uh, the Canuck part of it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Um, yeah, so Captain Yankee Blue Jeans, <laughs> <laughs> Captain Summer of '69. <laughs> um, so 
he gets back to Redondo Beach. He goes back to his house. I'm sorry. Is it his house? Was it his house that he it's lived her, it's in? It's Bernie's house. It's, it is Bernie's house. Okay. But I don't know because... I'm never telling you, man. I think it's the same house where he, he where he lived with his mom, and now yes, Bernie has I it. Think Bernie thinks, bought his parents' house because she thinks that's that where is. he's going to come back to. Okay, I guess they. Th- I guess that the homeward, the homeward bound rules apply. Of just like eventually, Steve <laughs> Rogers just going to come back. Oh, I love like Bernie is like Bernie being like that dumb fuck. He's just going to go back yeah. to his mom's house. This fucking dipshit's going to eventually come back to me. Doesn't matter. Um, so he goes, uh, we are only like halfway through this fucking movie. Um, <laughs> goes back to his house. Uh, Bernie's there. She sees him. Uh, or no, is it, is it Bernie's husband? No, Sharon's. Oh, no, Sharon. That's right. She gets there yeah. at the same time. He's walking to the house. Uh, and she's very confused. And then the door opens and Bernie. And she like Steve. one punch knocks him on his ass. That's true. He's like he, Captain America. I think he can take like established, a, he has take a no hit from like a twenty-something-year-old woman. Like, yeah. <laughs> but you know, hey, who's also bilingual, which we'll later and, find out. And soon we're getting to the best character in the movie. <laughs> Please describe to me. Please describe to me who's the best character in this movie. Uh, so Bernie's husband, who <laughs> she basically admits to him later, like. Yeah, I was still waiting for you, but I, I just settled for him. He seemed okay. <laughs> it's like, man, harsh blow to this guy. <laughs> but uh, it, yeah, he comes. So Sharon yells, "This guy tried to like try to jump me," and Bernie comes out and she sees it's Steve Rogers. Like, oh my god, like Steve Rogers. Uh, but then her husband comes, kind of waddling, half storming out. He's like. Wilfred Brimley esque. He's got this like white hair. Yeah, he's not um, that short. I, not that I forget short. if he has a mustache, but he's like no mustache. He's just. It, it's. It, I laughed out loud. If you told it, me he was somebody's his dad in the waddle, crew, it's his. Yeah. It, so it, now this is gonna make it a little sadder. He was a TV actor, a bit of a movie actor for a long time. and did a lot of westerns, but this was. He hadn't worked in like four years. Yeah, wait, wait, so, so he was getting older and like career was winding down. So he hadn't worked in a while. So like, it's like, oh, like he's not at his full strength to like. I think he. This. Like, I, I think he is. He's Rick Dalton because if I look at his career, besides okay. this, everything he okay. does is like an Italian western, like 60s, 70s Italian western. And maybe had like a shot like where he was on a show that was big. Yeah. But then, it didn't quite leverage it into the right stuff. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think that's because it, yeah. it keeps in a bunch of uh, uh, Django movies from the like 1969 to 19, 1972 okay. or something like that. Uh, but, and, so he's trying to bring that energy to it, but he's <laughs> super old and like it's just... he just comes across as a salty old man the whole and, time. And he obviously was casting those because he seemed like a tough guy. So he really comes across like a crusty old asshole who's like kind of bust this guy up. <laughs> what did you do to my daughter? Yeah. And um, Bernie looks like stuff. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's, I, this is my favorite part because everybody is nonplussed that a man has come back supposedly from the grave 
Yeah. 50 yeah. years ago with like, Bernie's looking surprised, the same. but like no questions on like <laughs> none. How is this possible? What happened? Steve, if you want to fuck my daughter, you go right ahead because <laughs> she looks identical to me. And I know how much we had in common, how much and you were attracted to me. I also feel this daughter. Like she should. I don't know. What do you think she is like 24? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. She's young. She's supposed to be, like, supposed to be young. I feel at that point. You just be like, man, this is my mom's weird ex-boyfriend shit. Like, I'm out of here going to live my life. Not, I drop my entire 24-year-old life and sidekick around with my mom's ex-boyfriend. Who, uh, uh, who, who inadvertently. Has been gone for 50 years. Spoiler alert, inadvertently will get my mom killed and my dad. Yeah. Have the shit beat out of him later. Yeah. All of this is strange. All of this is strange. It, yeah. And so. We talked about before this. There's a director's cut where there's like 15 more minutes, and it, but it's not like action. It's like all drama, and so, but I could see like oh, there are some things in this where like I could maybe see where you would have had more padding in the story of giving a little more reaction time to some of these people. So I I would be curious to see what what those 15 minutes are if it's making some of these things more plausible their reactions or. If it's like a weird 15 minutes, totally unrelated to what we've seen. I uh, I can't think of where they would need to add 15 minutes to this movie that is purely character development that's going to pay off for us based on the, the rest of the, the other hour and 45 minutes of this right. movie. Because in my brain, it's like, well, like, yeah, that seemed like one more minute of good dialogue. <laughs> it's like, well, it wasn't going to be good dialogue. So. No. No. Well, but what's funny is um touching on that, you know, Albert Pyun and the and the budget caused him to cut out a lot of, a lot of action sequences and that's weirdly where I have like a big problem with this is the action sequences are so poorly cut and that you never and and use your wording, you never get your footing on where anything is when they do action sequences with with with, with Captain America. You know, it, it's all quick cuts you can't quite figure out the proximity of, of Captain America to the bad guy or quite who is where in the set. And it's, it's annoying because they don't have enough action sequences in this. And when they do, they're really not either uh, for lack of a better way to describe it, either well shot or well edited. It's really, really hard to tell what's going on. in one like case in point, they go back to the peach pit and all of, <laughs> all of red skulls, bad guys are closing in and they're all of a sudden they go from being in this lab to what looks like they're in a furnace and it you can't the cuts are so fast and so dark you just with the shots you can't tell where steve so, carter is at any one point in time what's going on it's, it's and really I've, disorienting this is something i always struggled with in film so i feel bad criticizing anyone but it really feels like they're violating the 180 degree rule just over and over during action sequences. And you can <laughs> never get your footing for who's where I can't, I, I truly can't because there's times where they show an act like a, a, a bad guy or a henchman, you know, in, in one position and Steve Carter, like barrel rolls over something to avoid gunfire, but then he just kind of disappears. And then it's like, after, after that happens, 
you lose all all perspective on where where characters are and if and you particularly feel at the end where they're cutting between the president sharon and captain america and like there's just no feel for what the geography is of Mm -mm. no that last scene them looking at each other and yeah you can't tell if Red Skull is a hundred feet away from him and taking shots at him, he's or right. if he's ten feet away because it's there's just or, no bad geog- geographical reference. Well, and it's like of, is Sharon like twenty feet away from Red Skull and Captain America's a hundred feet, or is it the reverse? And like, yeah. so who's at risk and what's the yeah? Straight up sucks. Yeah, we should stop the podcast. Fuck <laughs> this movie. <laughs> uh nah, we're good. Um. We're going to keep going forever and ever and ever. But uh, also, (laughs) and I missed this when, when, um, but, uh, and we haven't talked about the love affair between Captain America and, and president Steve Kimball, or I'm sorry, Tom (laughs) Kimball. But when they find out that he's real, it's like, I, I swear to God, if, if this guy is the president and he's very big on this environmental policy, he could give two shits when it comes to anything else other than proving that Captain America is real <laughs> and he's alive. That is all Tom yeah. Kimball is interested in. It's hilarious to watch Ronnie Cox just be so excited about something that's so frankly fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so when uh, let's say you're making a movie and, <laughs> and the president is going to be in it. What would be your wardrobe choice for the president? Um, definitely not a presidential suit. I think you would definitely have to go with some very straight cut uh, denim jeans <laughs> that uh, look like my grandparents bought and dressed <laughs> for, for wardrobe. So you might just like tell the actor, you know, show up and whatever. It will give yeah. you a blazer. Where it's comfortable. Good. You'll yeah, where it's comfortable. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't worry about it. We're, we're not doing a real shoot yeah. today. We're just going to do some um, rehearsals. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, we... do you do you. If if you told me every scene Ronnie Cox is in this, they told him we're just filming rehearsals. <laughs> <laughs> I'd kind of believe it. <laughs> like... I mean, that's what it's funny the way this is edited. Not to say Ronnie Cox isn't good. Just. His like wardrobe, the wardrobe is ludicrous. <laughs> like yeah, his he's wardrobe jeans is and like so informal. In the Oval Office, like, and uh, he just he, he, to use your words because I think it's a it's a good description. There's actors, there's good actors in this that just seem flummoxed by what's being asked of them, and I think Ronnie Cox is the president, and almost all of his scenes, that's that's how he's he feels. But occasionally, you can sense like a question mark at the end of their line, like that. That's the line. <laughs> Uh, yeah it's yeah it's a kind of a, a, an i'm ron burgundy type moment for the president <laughs> i don't like environmental uh waste <laughs> so what uh what would you say is red skull's plan i actually was thinking about this earlier and i, I actually cannot articulate it and i was trying to i was trying to figure out what the plot is so yeah, I only know what his plan is because I specifically looked up online the plot synopsis to to, to I, see what it said the plan was. And I don't know if I fully buy this. But all right, so they they kidnap the president and 
but one of the funniest things that you had the note of oh, like they kidnapped the president when did we find out about that and there's like i took was taking notes and i missed a, it <laughs> a background newscast so they get they're in that so red skull sends his daughters and minions after like Steve Rogers, they find out the name because somehow they've hacked the White House phones. <laughs> and but nobody knows. Yeah. And so they go to Bernie's house, but it's just her and her husband and the daughter, uh, Sharon and uh Steve aren't there. And so they uh, well, first Ned Beatty shows up and he gets like killed. <laughs> Immediately. Immediately, yeah. And then they attack like Bernie and the dad. And so uh, the daughter, Steve Rogers, is in the hospital after this attack goes down. And in the background on the TV is the broadcast of, and, and President Kimball was kidnapped today. It's not like breaking news. It's just like the routine. Like It should be the only news. That's it. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, still in the yeah. world. It seems like it's <laughs> like the six o'clock news where like, this is like the second thing they've talked, the second story they've covered. It's like, it's like, so the Dodgers won with a, a two-hitter by Oral Hershiser. It's, it's going to be 90 degrees tomorrow with 80% humidity. And, and the president, president was Tom kidnapped. Kimball was kidnapped. Uh, it seems that the infiltrators uh, left behind his genes. So, so the uh, evil group Red Skull is part of, they want the other people want to kill Kimball. Like well, let's they get, did let's get some history. What what is what's the track record for the historical importance of Red Skulls? <laughs> Red so Skulls like I know Red gang. Skull, you know, was a Nazi, worked for the Nazis. Well, maybe the black tried man. to tried to kill Roosevelt by shooting the very first intercontinental ballistic missile. Of, yep, <laughs> from Germany with a man in DC. <laughs> Which the, with air, man to it. the yeah. air dynamics must be terrible with having a man strapped that, to a rocket. Yeah, that. But uh, so you know, seems like we've established he's a bad guy. But just to bring the point home, <laughs> also responsible for the assassination of JFK, <laughs> Martin Luther King, Robert Kennedy, and I think someone else who I'm forgetting. I, I saw Elvis on Elvis. <laughs> yes, it's Elvis. Yes. <laughs> Yes, which has no fucking relevance. So the, these bad other bad guys want to kill Kimball. He's like, no, we can't do that. We'll turn him into a martyr, like we did those people. <laughs> uh, which As is history has deb- told us, debatable if that was the case. The guy, uh, the guy elected by the narrowest margin history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely debatable if he's going to be if it's worth so, killing him or not. So the plan is they're going to kidnap him, and. They're going to brainwash him because <laughs> there's going to uh, apparently there's going to be no like checks by the U.S. government of when they get the president back of what happened to him during this time. <laughs> They're just going to give him free reign to do whatever, uh, which I kind of thought. I only knew that from the Internet. I thought it was going to be like a face off scenario where Red Skull was going to become the president somehow. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, that would be way better. <laughs> I think it'd be interesting. But I, so I have some real questions about the, the brainwashing technology they apparently have, because it seems like if you can do that, there's a whole lot of other options open to you of what to, 
of, of better ideas than just kidnapping the president. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is actually the plot of G.I. Joe Retaliation, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, probably. Or Tom, was it Tom? Not Tom Price. Um, who's the guy? Who's the bad guy from Tomorrow Never Dies? Oh, Jonathan, Jonathan Price. Price is the actor. Jonathan Price. Yeah. What's the? Uh, oh, he man, plays the president. The character's he, name. He plays the the. Oh, it's um Elliot Carver. Yes. <laughs> but he plays he plays the, a uh, brainwashed president in uh the the gi joe movie so i was like i just realized i'm like oh great gi joe ripped off this shitty knockoff <laughs> canon movie yeah, i mean sounds appropriate it is a rock movie <laughs> so um this of course takes us to italy after we find <laughs> out the president's been kidnapped uh by red skull and this Which... becomes I mean, I watched. I told. I talked about it earlier, but or not in this episode, but a couple episodes earlier. Let's go see a Roman holiday. This becomes like a Roman holiday for Captain America. That's exactly and, what and I was Sharon. thinking today. <laughs> like, it's like they go on this kooky adventure yeah. across Italy, <laughs> where it's like it could be a romantic comedy, it could be an action movie. It's whatever way they want to cut the movie when they actually fucking put this all together. <laughs> but so all I could think about when I was thinking about Roman holiday is like the man. Actors really make a difference. They really do. And I think uh, um, uh, uh, Matt Salinger in this, and then I'm gonna, I can't remember her name, the the woman who plays, uh, or the actress who plays Bernie slash um, uh, uh, Sharon, uh, uh, Kim Gillingham, just really never have any chemistry and just never really not hit it not, off not and Gregory like the, Peck and Audrey Hepburn <laughs> yeah not it's it's close it's pretty close you know it's really close silver medal silver it's, medal yeah <laughs> yeah but I can't quite get there for for the same same movie so it's, it's disappointing <laughs> but uh no it, it's Which, this this you, you touched on it like where the fuck is this movie going it's like it's got like this kooky Italian comedy where uh, it's yeah. Captain America not even in his costume, just riding a bicycle oh, to a super stylish and... too. Yeah, <laughs> looking great turtleneck. Who's styling great him? Because remember, he's been dead theoretically. I mean, I assume Sharon. Years. Yeah, <laughs> she's doing great. He's got a good turtleneck. He's got some nice pleated slacks. He looks good. He looks ready for. Also, for... didn't like her mom really? just die? Yeah, and her dad's still in the hospital. But don't worry, we're going on an international yeah, vacation. Yeah, she seems unfazed by that. Which one of my favorite lines in the movie is, and I don't know how else you deliver this. It's not an a, a, a impossible line, but she's she and it, the best is it's a long shot of the two of them in the car, so it definitely feels like it's ADR. Where she's, don't worry, I spent. A semester in Italy. I speak Italian. Oh, I spent a summer in Venice. I speak Italian. <laughs> it's, it's like ah, thank you, movie. It's like perfect exposition for the, the entire third act. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be my nitpick. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to pick on the her uh, speaking Italian. The the fake Nazi that's 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 an Italian crime boss. So. So we're in Italy. Uh, I really enjoy the, the 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 lunch scene where they sit down, and then of course Red Skull's uh, uh, family or his daughters sit down across from them, stare at them, give them an evil eye the entire time, 
and then uh uh Sharon and uh uh, Steve Rogers are completely unfazed by the the entire interaction and uh, continue to have a nice lunch until they're actually shot at. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if some of this Italy stuff was reshoots, some of the action stuff. I don't know why you'd reshoot this, but like, it's the only thing I could figure out that it was actiony and completely superfluous. I think you said it. There's 20 minutes in here that could just be completely snipped out of this so, and you so wouldn't lose anything. It's not 20 minutes. I was shocked. I was watching it today because this Italy shit stands out like a sore thumb and it felt it feels like 30 minutes of this nonsense. <laughs> How long it's is it like, actually? It's like 10 minutes. If that, is that it? Yeah, it's which is crazy because it feels forever. No, it it feels like it, it drags is dumb and drags, and drags, and it's just dumb as hell. Because like they go, because <laughs> it's when he does the stupid fucking "I'm sick in the car again" move. Yeah, and, and then true. she immediately catches back up with him. That's like, uh, minutes later. Yeah, that was pretty bad. And then they're like. Meeting these people speaking Italian, playing them, getting the getting this re- weird recording of Red Skull's family being murdered. That somehow is going to be useful later. Hey, it pays off. It does and pay then, off. And then they have to be on a bike together that apparently has no brakes. So Captain America, fucking superhero with super strength, only move is to intentionally crash it into the ocean. Can't just like put his feet down and stop. Can't. I just go just fight gonna, these people chasing them because he's a superhero. I'm nope. just going to say that's the ending of uh, Luca, which I believe is a Pixar movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all about a bike race bastards. in Italy. So I uh, I like to think that Luca ripped off their entire premise from was inspired by <laughs> from the 1990 movie Captain America. Uh, that'd be one. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> So we're like four movies deep that have now ripped off this movie to actually make yeah. it to make their their premise. So I mean, it changed film history. It did, and this is this is iconic, yeah. iconic. <laughs> um, well, all right. So to your point, I I totally missed the the news cut on um, uh, Ronnie Cox, uh, uh, Ronnie <laughs> Cox being being kidnapped. So, um, they show him being kind of tortured, but then also. He seems fine. Like, so it's hard to believe <laughs> yeah. that this mind control stuff is actually working because he never seems that that phased. Well, they they arbitrarily kind of like do some stuff where it's like, just wait for tomorrow. <laughs> like, when we're really doing it. It's like, oh, how convenient. Just t- enough time for Captain America to show up. It, hey. You're right. It is convenient. I can't, I, I have nothing, <laughs> nothing to defend that. It, it it doesn't make any sense. But I, I love uh, so <laughs> Ronnie Cox is able to escape a little bit and like from his cell himself and he's running off and he's like, You can't like, your plan's gonna fail if you don't have me. And so he runs and like jumps off the ledge of this thing and like, well, I'm just gonna kill myself and foil your plan. And and happens to be the same time Captain America is scaling that exact same wall oh. and is able to 
catch him as he jumps. But I will say this really starts like a bromance worthy of a Fast and Furious movie between no. Steve Rogers and Tom Kimball. They, I think, I think it's bigger they than that. Love each other. It is, and they they're teaming up. They're helping each other. And <laughs> I'll tell you this: they're making love after this movie is over. They're yeah. Because Ronnie Cox, Sharon's going to be let down. Because <laughs> oh, uh, uh, the president is madly in love with Captain America in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, to to the extent that it, it, it's concerning how much of his time and day as the president, it's it's consuming. <laughs> yeah, like he's not running well, the country. He's I think in the Oval Office in his desk, he still has like the picture of him. <laughs> yeah, no, he's gonna... just to easily readily accessible to whip out and be like. There he is. He's gonna. He, it's ready to whip out because he's gonna whip one out. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. He's into it. And, and, and Steve Rogers seems just as on board of like, yeah, man, the president. Like, I'll well, do whatever you want. It's my duty, and that's what I've got to do. Is, is one of my favorite is a nice cut to the president, like throws him something, and he gives him a thumbs. I like, thanks, Mister President. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so all right, so this this takes us to a final battle of Ronnie Cox kind of helping Captain America. I and... would say I would say Captain America, Sharon, uh, President Kimball, do equal amounts of work during this climactic scene. And, and, <laughs> and, and to be clear, Captain America of, of doesn't those... do a whole shitload. Yeah, well, I was going to say to be clear, three or. Two of those people are not genetically modified people who should <laughs> yeah. be much stronger and more capable than the others. Also, the genetically genetically modified person they're battling is in his sixties at this point. Sixties, <laughs> yes, correct, and 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 definitely dyes his hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he, he he it's not like he's been preserved because of his uh, right. Mutations. It's like yeah, it seems like. Captain America should be able to take this guy at this point. Like <laughs> he should, but apparently a very simple machine gun will stop uh uh Captain America from advancing uh, <laughs> at, at all. So um we get to this final battle between Red Skull. What what is Red Skull's game here? I I'll be honest, this is where I just did not I lost the thread on this whole movie of like what is his his he seems to his... accept defeat, and now is this going down in a blaze of glory? But does he have or... like a, a missile or like a bomb that's going to go off somewhere? Or yeah. Like... So, and one of the most brilliant touches I've ever seen for a, a, making a low budget movie seem like it has a bigger budget. They're in this like brick castle structure. But there's no real set to it. Like it's, it's called pretty a castle, bland and boring. <laughs> um, yeah. But to uh, to punch things up a bit, just outside on the top of the roof, grand piano, <laughs> <laughs> and it works. It really just like adds this ambiance to the whole thing. That like it's like it's feels like, the... like an evil there villain thing. If you told me it was the the set for November rain without actual rain, I would believe you. <laughs> but somehow also on this piano is some sort of detonator device. What does I, it go to? Like, like, like what, is, what, yeah. what, what does that detonate? I believe like, I don't... Red Skull says 
is going to kill 70 million people across southern Europe? How? Like, yeah. why? Like, it's never like, explain. Well, he's like, it's a small detonator. Like, it'll take out southern Europe. It's like, 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 like all right. Like, yeah. And then it somehow just doesn't go off. Like, I, don't, like, <laughs> I don't, also don't get that either. Well, how, how, so please describe how Captain America dispatches the Red Skull. Oh, man. I'm kind of. He, he throws the shields. Yep. Throws the shield. Um, and it distance it knocks him could be the 10 ocean? feet. Could be 100 feet. Nobody knows. Oh, no. The it, drop. Yeah. He knocks no, him you get, you well, get no, a no, good no, view. The shield. Again, you don't know how far. Oh, how far the shield is getting thrown. Yes. Red yes. Skull and, and Captain America are. And so you have the, you have no kind of depth perception on like what's happening in the scene. Also, the shield after it hits him, apparently continues to go, swings back around, takes out his takes out Red Skull's daughter, and then Captain America catches it. I know, so like I you think have it's... multiple impacts, and this shield is still able to maintain. Like it actually like uh, gets like Thor's hammer. Yes, <laughs> like it's 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 on a perfect trajectory the entire time after it's been thrown <laughs> like, and at no point have we seen like captain america have seen him like train with this no never never or like uh, have any understanding of what this is and can do it's just like <laughs> it can do everything you need to shield. do yeah. it, 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 it is the perfect macguffin of it can do whatever you need to do and not what you need to do at any one point in time yeah um <laughs> And then this is where the ending, it, it does all of these weird edits. And maybe this is, re, you know what? Maybe these are reshoots, but it's got these weird, very close up shots of Captain America's latex yeah. mask. And it just looks yeah. strange. And it's a wide angle and, and a, a wide low angle. And it's just, it's a very strange perspective for like what, I don't, I don't know what they're trying to tell us, but it's like, they're trying hey, to do a hero shot. And it's just weird, like yeah, awkward, it's, like it's it's creepy looking. But you're right; it does have reshoot vibes because I like he says something during it where it feels like the actor is not really playing off a scene. Yeah, and, and there's no there's no background. The background's just blue sky, kind of like they said. Okay, yeah, in be. the shot, we think this is what it's supposed to look like. It's just strange. Like the whole the whole yeah third act is just doesn't doesn't come together on, on on really any level and then the president yeah, like do you think the president it, gets saved by delta force <laughs> i hope so now you think you think that uh colonel scott mccoy is uh there to save save president tom kimball from uh so, red skull i would say in delta force 2 colonel scott mccoy that character is portrayed. He could defeat. He could beat Captain America in a fight from this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. He could. From I could what beat we Captain see. America from in this movie. But yeah, he he's the most. Uh, um, I don't know what the word is. Lame, sort of uh, incapable Captain America of any of the, any of the Captain America movies I've seen. Like yeah, well. He never like maybe once or twice he like does something that would be like oh wow he must be like strong, <laughs> but, but it he... never seems to be helpful. Like when he gets into like a tight 
battle situation like at the end like he doesn't seem to have any powers that are useful <laughs> like <laughs> he needs none. the president to throw him his shield so he doesn't get shot yeah no, none of none, none of it pays off but um <laughs> the shield stuff doesn't look too bad and, and you actually tried to touch on it. i think i might have interrupted it but the visual effects supervisor for this was a guy named gene warren if you look at his background for special effects he did some big movie. I mean, we've covered a couple of them, but he does Terminator 2, the year after this, True Lies, uh, the original It, Scream 3, The Expendables, Return of the Living Dead is just a couple of the movies. And it's like, it is surprising, like, that may be the high watermark in this movie is the special effects, considering how low the budget is. So it's it's interesting that you get that they actually who, use. But I think there's also a reason yeah. the special effects are all within like the first 15 minutes of the movie. <laughs> like I wonder if that's all shot done first and then and they ran a budget after the fact, like and shooting like, yeah, all the Italy that's all stuff. We're doing. <laughs> yeah, might be right. Might be right. Well, so our uh, poor Red Skull gets kicked off the cliff. Uh, <laughs> We assume he's dead, and then um, the the shield, of course, comes back and actually manages to kill. I think is her name Valentina, which is Red Skull's oh, yeah. uh, a, a daughter in this. Probably get it wrong. Yeah, Valentina. Valentina. So it's a, uh, and that and that's that's pretty much the movie. It's not really set up for a sequel, anything like that. It's just <laughs> there you go. Uh, Red Skull is defeated, and then of course, Yay. Captain America is free to live out his life in a movie uh, in a world that's fifty years beyond what his understanding <laughs> yeah. and comprehension is. But so. what is well? I guess as long as Kimball's president, he'll be okay. So he's got tops. He's got eight years tops. Yeah, eight years. And probably like top six because it's probably been a couple of like fair. Probably been like you know two years to the president or something. But yeah, yeah. So he's got. Well, let me ask you this. Post this this story, who's Captain America shacking up with? Is it Sharon or is it <laughs> is it President Tom Kimball? Oh, it's Kimball. <laughs> you think you think Kimball? He's not turning. Leave? He's not turning down the president. That's he, probably he's true. T- he's probably telling true. Sharon, "You'll wait for me, right? Like your mom did." <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just gonna fuck this guy for a term of six to eight years. And then I'm yours. I can't say no to the president. I'm no. a guy from the 40s. Mr. President needs me <laughs> right now. And he needs me in my costume. Otherwise, this doesn't work. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, what did you think of this now that you've we've talked about it for over two I, hours? So I'm coming around to my affection for it. Because when I first saw it, I was like, holy shit, is this bad? <laughs> um. And I'm coming around as having a good bit of affection for it. Of it's bad in a pretty fun way. Of just there's some crazy choices. And the first time I watched it, I was like, I don't know if it's it gets kind of slow and boring. But watching it again, I was like, uh, even this stuff is pretty like out there. What they're choosing to do of like it's and so I'm I'm really kind of coming around like. I'm enjoying it, enjoying the experience <laughs> of watching it, even though it's a terrible movie. So. Oh, it is terrible. I, I I think sometimes we have this problem of like, we'll talk about stuff and we're like, oh, we'll give it the credit of if it had the budget it 
tried to get in the first place what it could have been and now we're looking back at it and saying well i'll give it enough credit that yeah with extra three million dollars this would have been like a perfect movie or like would have been a lot more entertaining i think you could have given them i think what's fascinating to me with this i think they had the right budget i think you could have given them 20 million dollars (laughs) more and the movie would be less watchable that's that's sad that's that says a lot. I just mean I think it would have been better at the time. It just wouldn't be interesting. Like, I don't have faith in these people making this that the movie would hold up to be interesting. Yeah. And so it'd just be like, oh, it's a not that great movie made in 1990. Whereas <laughs> this is like interesting to watch. It is and because I think... of the badness. And like, yeah, you're right. And I I did enjoy talking about it because I'm like. In hindsight, I'm like, yeah, Chris Evans is the perfect guy to play Captain America. Um, oh, what is the guy who played Red Skull in the new one? Um, Hugo Weaving is the perfect yeah. Red Skull. You know, it's a really well done movie. And and this, it's just like, it is so many crazy, to your point, it's so many crazy choices. It's so entertaining just to see what they what they came up with, yeah. or what they had, that it's like, all right, let's, let's see what we got, you know? <laughs> yeah, so I'm... Who knows? Uh, I, I'm struggling to think of how to how to rate this. I am well. All right, so I will say this before we start that. You and I both had the same rating of a one and a half out of five, and I think yours, and maybe maybe we change it. Maybe we change it. Um, mine was uh, one and a half out of five Italian piano vistas. Um. <laughs> I'll let you talk about yours, but you know, if you want to change your score, you're not gonna hurt my feelings. <laughs> so, so mine I'm reading my notes is one and a half out of five famous writers kids bizarrely cast in superhero movies because uh, <laughs> Matt Salinger is the son of JD Salinger. <laughs> which we haven't even talked about is just makes us so for this movie already being crazy, it's like, wait a minute, Captain America is JD Salinger's son, and yeah, yeah, that's perfectly legitimate. That guy became an actor, but it just for this movie feels particularly crazy of of a thing. It's like an extra layer of craziness. Seems impossible for this movie, but there it is. Like there it is. It's like now, now I think you're making up a movie. Like that can't be real. <laughs> like. Well, interestingly, in- interestingly, J.D. Salinger's or Matt Salinger looks nothing like his dad either. So <laughs> it must be all on the mom's side for the, the blonde hair and, and blue the, eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm tempted to go up in my rating of go do it, man. Do it. Why not? Come on. It's one, and a, one and a half feels pretty low. Hello. I'm kind of on letterbox trying to get away from putting ratings on movies i because i found i i get in a bad habit of while i was watching a movie thinking about what rating what star rating i was going to give it on letterbox as opposed to just like oh am i enjoying this or not um oh fair you should be like "Eh, that scene wasn't very good so this is probably only three and a half stars like we'll see how (laughs) We'll see what it goes from here. And it's like, that's not the right way to watch a movie. Uh, so try to take a break from the right, ra- the ratings a bit uh, in that. But um, man, 
I don't know. I'm 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 thinking I'm gonna go all the way up to two and a half. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, all it right. was fun to talk about. I, I watched it again today, and it was pretty fun. And <laughs> while it's not good, it it was had more legs than I gave it credit for on my initial watch. Of it held up to a second viewing and was really fun. And like we could talk about like ten other things in this movie for like another hour if we wanted. to. I know. I, I I'm disappointed we we didn't talk about like more of the. Uh the stuff in italy doesn't make any sense i could also go at length about him fake throwing up to steal cars i yes more. that i could have gone easily more i wanted to talk about what are the chances that captain america that steve rogers is a racist <laughs> <laughs> he's been in the ice for well I, th- th- this posits that if you were from redondo beach in 1940 you couldn't be racist because it's california yeah. so newsflash not true <laughs> Um, this posits that what if Captain America was one of the Proud Boys? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I I think this has gone up a little bit for me as well. Um, I had a good time talking about it. It was fun to rewatch it since I haven't seen. I literally haven't seen this in thirty years. Um, I, I I go back to with us talking about these and watching this. How interesting it is that that. Canon was so far ahead of the curve, whether by intention or by accident, on Marvel movies that we we get stuff like this or or <laughs> you know the Spider-Man sequel they were trying to make or or whatever. It, it's so interesting that they were able to read the read the audience and and, and want to do these things. Now they don't do a great job because I think again, and you you mentioned it, it takes something that's already supposed to be sort of hyperbolic, which is comic books. And it's supposed to, you know, be told in a very sort of <clears throat> exacerbated and sort of over the top way. But these guys had the right idea of, of buying up this IP and, and, and trying to produce it something that was, that was, that was yeah, they, good. So they were, they were right. And they trying to take their success and seeing IP as the route to go. And couldn't and kind of ran out of money and kind of couldn't quite do it right. And then I think some of their own flaws in their production process (laughs) prevented just just a few (laughs) prevented the success. But yeah, it's fascinating how close they came to maybe like having taken the step to like the next level of success in Hollywood. Um, It's like they had the right idea, they just couldn't put the pieces together to make the whole thing whole thing work yeah and there's like a world where they did make a big hit spider-man and captain america movie and change there's there's a world where everything yeah both the goal the golden golden globus are billionaires because they yeah they They, in a multiverse to pull on marvel they they are billionaires (laughs) because they figured out the formula and made this whole thing work yeah 10 years to the movie and then the 90s were all superhero movies because of it and it's completely changed where we're at now. Like, yeah, that, like, well, I'm glad our ratings could go up on, on Captain America from, from 1990. <laughs> um, we are, I think going to wrap up a four part run next with invasion USA, which is another guy. Yes. I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait to talk about this. It is another Canon classic <laughs> starring Chuck Norris from 1985 playing Matt Hunter, uh, who is a guy who is a again a former special forces uh commando 
who comes back to save the United States from <laughs> a, uh, a a Russian slash Cuban infiltration. God so, bless him. <laughs> I, uh, perfect movie for us to watch on the anniversary of uh, Scarface. <laughs> All right, so I think... Um... Well, I guess I guess it doesn't help the audience for us to talk about release schedule right now because oh, we, we, let's talk this will it. be the third one out. So it'll be this is what happened the past two weeks. OK, so, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to inform anyone of anything. Well, well, good news. Podcast will have been released. <laughs> podcast will be released. And I think we already talked about it a little bit, but we're going to we're going to phase into after Invasion USA, um, Indiana Jones series. Yeah, uh, because we're, we're going alphabetical and uh, uh, <laughs> um, uh, we'll be talking about, I think, what we're going to we're going to start with the best crystal one. skull. Yeah, the best one. Yeah. 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 Fuck you. We all agree on that, right? <laughs> yeah. You and only Steven Spielberg. <laughs> that move. That is the God. It, it makes me mad. You said that. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> going to be a fun gonna, podcast. <laughs> it's going to be a fun one. Because now I kind of want to just stay with the bit. Of, <laughs> this you know is the what? best one. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong. I've only I've actually only seen it all the way through twice, okay. once in theaters and once maybe five or six years ago. Yeah. So I I, I hope I'm wrong. I want to be wrong, and I hope the new one's good. And um, then we're gonna go backwards, <laughs> and then we'll go into the the new one at the end. Is uh, well, no matter what, it'll for our run at least it'll uh it'll get better. <laughs> What's it called? The Pick of Destiny? What is that? Uh, Dial of Destiny. That's yeah, the close. Tenacious D movie. <laughs> yeah, I was close. Like I said, I was close. Pick of Destiny. Yeah. I uh, I did, to, to make Mother's Day work this year, I did skip a concert to go see Tenacious D in, here in Jacksonville. I was uh, very disappointed. Well, that's rude of them to have it on Mother's Day. It is. But, hey, sometimes we have to sacrifice. Yeah. So, all right. Smart move. Smart move on your part, I'll say. Uh, it was, and I think uh, I, I do not regret it. So, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we will be back next week for uh, Invasion USA. Oh, yeah, we will. We will finish on the, the harrowing story of the uh, U.S. commando Matt Hunter as he defeats uh, varying ethnicities across the, United, the southern United States. <laughs> all right. <laughs>